are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio.
morning, everyone. Blessings to you on this very fine Sunday, wherever you're watching from around the world. I noticed we have someone from the UK. I know we always have Australia in the house and even sometimes Africa and other countries. And of course, the United States and Canada. Welcome. God bless each one of you. Grace and peace to you. Be loved. You know, I almost, and I might do this in the future, just do a study on Be Loved. It has struck me so greatly that uh, particular greeting that uh, John uses in particular. Well, today's study is going to be in the book of First Timothy. I will be honest with you, <laughs> and I might even sound like a broken record here, but every time we conclude a study of one particular book, I keep praying, and my intention is to go to one of the Gospels. I love the Gospels so much, and just to get the entire Jesus story, and not only that, but to get his words, the red letters. And my intention <laughs> was to continue on with John and go to the gospel of John, but I have been literally wrestling with the Lord this week on this because I've known for, well, pr probably a little bit more than a week now, probably about a week and a half that, I should be doing Timothy, and I'm. I was literally arguing with the Lord on it, and I was not convinced that I would be uh, led to Timothy until really last night. Um, in rereading this, there was one word that jumped out at me, and I knew it was the Lord speaking to me. And it's out of context from what we're going to read. But when I read this one word, okay, Lord, you win. <laughs> and listen, he knows better than I do. <laughs> Follow him, not me. Um, but I'm thankful that you are here to be the Berean with me and to search out through his scriptures. The Lord knows what's best for you, and he knows what's best for me, and he knows what's best for us as a community. And this particular letter I put in the title is God wrote a letter to you and to me. Because he did, although this was Paul writing to Timothy, it's in the Bible, and it's God's letter to you. And I feel at this time, and when I reflected even last night and this morning on these scriptures, and we look at some of the studies that we've done in the past, um, or shows, I should say, you know, the Mass Deception series and the Poker Face series, which isn't finished yet, by the way, but won't be doing it consistently uh, every week, but I will be adding to it. But when I look 
at what is happening there, and then I look at this letter to you. This letter is important because it tells us what we need to look for in a church and in a ministry. Many of you have written to me um, about discerning and how to discern, how to hear the voice of God. Well, the answer to both those questions are be the Berean and search out the scriptures for yourself. But also faith does come from by hearing. And so by me reading the word audibly to you, by God's own words, his own text, this will increase your faith and your trust in his word. And as your trust in his word increases with your faith, so does your discernment. I want to make a brief statement about church. I am for church. This Bible study started out as a result of the lockdowns and church not being available. And it has turned into a ministry. If you are able to get to a church where you can go hug someone and really participate in the body, that is advantageous over what we do here. It doesn't mean you won't be able to listen. You can always listen to a replay. But I'm also thankful that you are here. So I am pro-church. I'm pro his word. And I'm pro the system that the Lord has set up. But because of these tumultuous times that we live in, this has become a viable alternative. And someday I trust the Lord is going to let us all meet in person and get together and uh, have a hug and really love on each other. And I pray that that uh, will happen sooner than later, because quite honestly, Later, I don't think travel is going to be as good as an, of an option <laughs> as it is uh, today during this time. Uh, just a couple other real quick show notes before I get into the chapter. In the chapter, this shouldn't be too long of a study. If I noticed some comments on uh, on the Diggs channel yesterday. I don't have Podbean. Can you post it on Rumble? You see, you really need to get back onto Podbean. And one person said storage space. You could go into settings on the Podbean app and make sure that you're not downloading all the podcasts. Uh, it's really simple to do. It's super, just hit settings and you'll find it. Um, so it doesn't take up a lot of space on your phone. Uh, when I first, I, I discovered it the hard way is I ran out of space 
on my phone by just downloading all of these podcasts and retaining them on my phone. Just it's a checkbox and it's gone. It's important that you're on Podbean because we're going to be doing some changing of times and formats of shows going into the future. And Podbean is going to become a lot more relevant. And stuff that I do on Podbean, like Podbean Lives, will not be going up onto the video channels. Um, well, I guess it's posted to Facebook, but it won't be posted to um, Rumble. It, and it's just a time consideration. It, it would take a lot of effort to make a video out of an audio recording to go into Rumble's format. The other reason why um, I'll be doing some more shows, and I'll just give you what my thoughts are. It probably won't be this week. However, the Tuesday show that I normally do at 7 p.m. on Rumble and all other channels will most likely change to a live Podbean show on Tuesday, and I'm thinking about doing it around noon time. Thursday, we'll have a video show. Friday, I will continue to do the Friday morning, 9 o'clock, lives on Podbean. And then Sunday will be uh, video on Rumble. There's a number of factors contributing to that, but one of them is Rumble. Their, their head office is located in Toronto, Ontario, and Rumble has not been censoring thus far, but Canadian law has just changed and the government has, you know, basically ordered these companies that certain materials will not be available for view in Canada. It's law now. The government is in full control of the media in Canada. And because of Rumble's head office, their location, and even if they weren't there, um, they will have to follow the law in the content that they allow into Canada, where somewhere like Podbean will fly under the radar. Uh, so please do go on to Podbean and download the app if you haven't. And quite honestly, I just feel a freedom when talking without a camera on, um, there's just something about it that, uh, well, that was the original intention of this whole broadcast was for me to never show my face, um, and to just be audio. So please go to it. Um, having said all that, there will be most likely a special show happening this week. Um, <laughs> I think even Monday night, I'm going to do a very, very special show, which you will want to be a part of. Uh, I think it will be life-changing for you. I will probably do that Monday night at 7 p.m. At Tuesday in the regular time slot, I will be continuing what I was talking about on Friday's Podbean Live. Um, it just seems the spirit is moving in this particular way. And I have some explosive information to add on to that. Explosive. And Sunday, or sorry, on Thursday, I have the most incredible guest coming. 
a guy who was literally higher than Q level uh, intelligence clearance. This guy literally was developing, doing the physical work of developing anti-gravity machines for the fallen angels. And he knows their plan and he's going to come on and give you details. It's going to blow your mind. It's going to put so many pieces together. Tell everyone, actually the Tuesday and all the shows this week, I'm telling you this week is going to knock your socks off. So, uh, and lastly, before I get into the study, I apologize. This has taken way too long. I didn't expect this to go this long, but lastly, um, I really do appreciate your financial support. You can support through the Podbean app on Patreon, or if you just want to give a gift, if you appreciate my boldness, my honesty, uh, my insight into the scriptures and current events, uh, I also have a PayPal, and that is in the description box of every video that we do, essentially. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of the Lord, I come before you and I, first of all, say thank you. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for choosing us to be a part of your family and taking us out of this worldly kingdom. Lord, thank you for your grace and mercy on our lives. And thank you for the ability to serve you, for the privilege and the honor of serving the Most High. Thank you, Lord, for your patience and long-suffering with me, particularly even this week, and wanting to do uh, another book. And you would have given me the grace to do it, Lord. I know you would have because you're a good God. But Lord, I thank you that you eventually strong-armed me through your word and showed me through your grace and mercy. And Lord, I thank you that you've put the ability in me to follow your lead. Lord, you are a good God. I pray you guard my words as you know my thoughts as I read these particular scriptures. And Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit, I give the Holy Spirit full permission to speak through me, to glorify Yahuwah, who's in heaven <laughs> waiting to return. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray for each and every person who hears the sound of my voice. Lord, that you give them strength in their legs and their bodies to endure what is, is coming, Lord. I pray you increase each one's faith and understanding of your word and their personal intimacy and my personal intimacy with you, my Savior, my God. Forgive me my trespasses, and I will forgive those who trespass against me. And lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
I'm going to read through the chapter and then we'll break it down. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, who is our hope. To Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Just as I urged you upon my departure for Macedonia to remain on at Ephesus so you would instruct certain people not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies, which give rise to useless speculation rather than advance the plan of God, which is by faith. So I urge you now, but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from a sincere faith. Some people have strayed from these things and have turned aside to fruitless discussion. Wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either way what they are saying or the matters about which they make confident assertions. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and worldly, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, for the sexually immoral, homosexuals, slave traders, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is in contrary to sound teaching, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which I have been entrusted. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service, even though I was previously a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. 
It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Jesus Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I am foremost. Yet for this reason I found mercy, so that in me, as the foremost sinner in Jesus Christ, might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This commandment I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight, keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. Among these are Hymenius and Alexander, who I have handed over to Satan, so that they will be taught not to blaspheme. I want to reiterate the point that this is a letter to you from God. And I want you to hear these words in that way, because although Paul wrote this to Timothy, God wrote it to you and to me. So in typical fashion of a letter in these days, Paul starts out by identifying himself. That's not unusual. And you have to understand, back in those days, they would write scrolls. And so they would always start off with the sender, well, almost always start off with the sender at the top, because if you had to go right to the bottom of the scroll to find out who wrote it to you, that could be a frustration, first of all. But I only bring up that point to say that Paul also puts his title into the very first statement. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, who is our hope. It's my belief that... So if you were to write a letter to someone and, you know, uh, if you, let's say you lived estranged from your family, you had a, you were a doctor, even in the army or something like that. And, you know, you're working overseas and you're writing a letter to your mom or your son or something. You're not going to say, I, Jeff, a doctor in the United States military, write to you, mom. I, I wouldn't do that, but Paul does. 
And it's because this letter, it's my belief, was intended to be shared with the congregation. Of course it was. So it's also worth looking at, again, what is an apostle? An apostle is simply one sent out. It's one who plants churches. There's some people who, in my estimation, give a false doctrine saying that there are no more apostles. There is only the apostles who walked with Jesus. No, then it would be a joke on us that God put it in his word saying that it's a five-fold ministry. But then there's the perversion of scripture and the five-fold ministry that we have covered in exposing these NAR churches and, you know, all these people who exploit it and they put apostles and prophets above the word of God and they do it for their own good. And that's the importance of understanding scriptures like what we're going to read in 1 Timothy. So Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, and here's the word that got me to do Timothy, according to the commandment of God, our Savior. <laughs> but Lord, I want to do the gospel. No, according to the commandment of God, our Savior. And that word just jumped out at me. It was like his voice was in my head saying, Jeff, <laughs> do this. And that comes from Jesus, who is our hope. And then, of course, after identifying himself, he identifies who he's written the letter to. To Timothy my true son in faith. That is such a deep statement. My true son in faith. So he's saying how he's, he's lifting up Timothy, first of all, complimenting him on his strict accordance to the scriptures for loving God, for being a faithful servant. And he's a son in the faith. But you know what it also says? It says that we are family. You are my brothers and sisters. I am your brother. We are knitted into God's family. So when he uses the word son, he uses son because he was essentially a mentor. He discipled Timothy. And if you disciple someone who, you know, is, I would say, should be younger than you, um, not always, but it's appropriate that he says son because he looked at him as a son. He cared for him as a son, which is how 
we should look at those whom we disciple. And yes, going back to the commandment of God, our Savior, you and I are commanded to disciple people in the faith. We're going to be doing a lot more about discipling in the very, very near future. I'm going to be making some announcements. I won't spend time on it today. But I, I really pray that you will follow along with where we go. Then Paul says, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Grace and mercy. Both those words, and I don't have the exact definitions pulled up. But what it points to is you and I are undeserving. And yet God gives it to us anyways. There's nothing you have done that impressed God so much that he just said, oh yeah, no, 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 you got it. <laughs> you earned it. You earned it. Nothing you or I have ever done has ever earned the grace and mercy and peace that surpasses all understanding when your faith is strong in the Lord. And then I love that it says, from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. And I love that he says God the Father because God the Father is the author of everything. He is the head of the Trinity. And this letter from the author, God the Father, is to you and I. Will you have ears to hear? Verse 3, just as I urged you upon my departure from Macedonia to remain on at Ephesus so you would instruct certain people not to teach strange doctrines. There are a lot of strange doctrines right now. You know, we covered some of them in mass deception. Dominion theology battling demons in the second heavens, tripping to heaven, astral projecting, but they put it into clever Christian words. These people, knowingly or unknowingly, are enemies of God's word.
And in Ephesus, again, you know, we studied this in Acts. We studied the book of Ephesians. But Ephesus was a huge, huge shipping port and and very mythologically based. Uh, Diana, the temple of Diana was there. and <clears throat> But the church was growing and growing rapidly. And as that happens, the enemy sends in his people. So Timothy is called to instruct people not to teach strange doctrines, <laughs> nor to pay attention, listen to this, to myths and endless genealogies, which will rise to useless speculation rather than advance the plan of God, which is by faith. So I urge you now. Let's just, what are some myths? Whether you, and I'm just, and I, please, someone posted in digs yesterday. I'm not going to mention the person's name. They had good intent. And please do not jump on them. If you do, I'll ban you and delete you on Telegram. But, the person disagreed, and whether you agree with Tim Cohen or not about uh, the Antichrist being Charles, uh, I'm looking at the evidence. I'm 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 there with it. To be honest, uh, I, yeah, I still have doubts. Of course, you know I don't know for sure, but the more and more I've looked into it and I've searched the scriptures, the more and more evident it has become. But this person said. It can't be Charles because the Antichrist is going to be young and charismatic, which Charles is neither. You see, I've said that probably a hundred times myself, but it's nowhere in the Bible. That's a myth that has been repeated by Christians. Just like, and I keep going back to my example of the great harvest. I said for years, it's going to be a great harvest. I look in the Bible, it's the opposite. It's a great falling away. It's a myth. It's contrary to the Bible. It's contrary to God's word. So let's not just blindly repeat stuff that we've heard anymore. We need to be the Berean. Look, Jesus is coming back. <laughs> I don't know the date. I don't know the hour. But join me this week and it might become more clear. Uh, po probably tomorrow night. I'm just putting that out there right now. So myths and endless genealogies. Genealogies are put into the Bible for a reason. They give us messages. They, they, there's so much depth in God's word that's worth studying those. But how much attention have we 
paid to bloodlines and stuff like that. Let me just ask a question. We know bloodlines are really important to esoteric beliefs, occultic beliefs. And we know the bloodline was important to Jesus because he said he'd come from the line of David, which he did. But what does bloodlines have to do with salvation? Where in God's word does it say, if you're not of a certain bloodline, you cannot be saved? Oh, if you came from the bloodline of Cain, you can't be saved. There's people who say stuff like that. It does not say that in the Bible. I haven't found it. Prove, you know, if you found it, please share it with me. But I think this is written here for a reason, and it's current as the Bible always is. And when we get distracted by all of these things, it gives rise to useless speculation rather than advancing the plan of God. So it's a bad allocation of our time. It's actually hindering the furtherance of God's word and God's plan in your life. I'm guilty. <laughs> I've got over 600, almost 700 episodes con condemning me on this stuff. Which is by faith, the plan of God, which is by faith. So I urge you now. What does he urge you to? But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart. It's hard to get to a pure heart when we're constantly looking at occultic stuff. Look, we don't want to be ignorant of it. We just don't want it to be our focus. We don't need to know how everything is done. Sometimes it's just good to understand the methods and why it's done. And that's why Right On Radio has changed directions. From a good conscience and from a sincere faith. A sincere faith can only come by hearing, reading, and meditating on the Word of God. If, you, if we're not doing those things, we may not be sincere in our faith, and I'm not pointing out anyone. I'm just saying, you have the ability to change that. Yes, faith is a gift, but you will for it by pressing into the Lord and emptying of yourself. Some people have strayed from these things and have turned aside to fruitless discussion. Wanting to be teachers of the law, 
even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they make confident assertions. Okay. <laughs> there are so many people that are religious. That's the, that's the best word I can put to this. They're religious. And religious is man's attempt to reach God. It's Tower of Babel. Religion is not of God. That's man's attempt. Oh, if I can do this, if I can keep the law, if I can teach the law, if I can... That's the Tower of Babel, which God destroyed. We are to go by faith. The law does not save anyone. It did not in the Old Testament, and it certainly doesn't in the New Testament. Well, why did God give the law then, Jeff? It's really simple. Please, please hear this. The purpose of the law, and I could do biblical gymnastics proving this over and over and over and over and over. Most of you know this. The purpose of the law was to tell us what sin is. We would not know what sin is unless God told us. That's it. Jesus fulfilled the law. Listen to what goes on, what he says after this. But we know that the law is good. Of course. What is the law? It's, it's a parent saying to their kid, don't put your hand on the hot stove. It will hurt. Look both ways before you cross the road. Those are laws that a parent gives to a child because they're good for the child. Don't obey the law. It's not going to work out good for you. So the law is good. And it's from a loving father. If one uses it lawfully, <laughs> you see? Realizing that the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and the sinners, for the unholy, the worldly, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, for the sexually immoral homosexuals, slave traders, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching. So after hearing that, is the law for you? It is still good. Yes, I want to obey Christ's commandments. He gave us 10 commandments. We should obey them. But we don't obey them on our own strength. You see, this is the point. Jesus fulfilled the law. If you are born again, the Holy Spirit, God himself lives inside of you. 
I don't want to break the commandments because it's all written down law on a tablet of stone. I don't want to break the commandment because I don't want to hurt my God. That's how we transition from law to faith. I don't want to do this because it's contrary to the nature of God that's inside of me. Not because someone wrote it on a stone. I'm scared to look at chat now. I haven't looked at it yet. <laughs> uh, I hope I'm not getting under someone's uh, <laughs> skin here. Oh, uh, by the way, just with myths and stuff like that, um, this comes up often. And again, I'm not calling out these people. Every one of us has gone on a journey, especially if you've been on with Right On Radio from the very beginning. But with the, that Antichrist thing, um, there's been so many comments. It can't be that person because Jesse said, okay, well, <laughs> is she the word of God? Is she, <laughs> you know, um, the conclusions that are drawn and listen, whether you agree with it or not, it, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> that's the, that's the real truth of it. It doesn't really matter if he is or if he isn't, it just looks like he is. But with Tim Cohen did it and others I've discovered now, um, they're using what God says about that person and Charles fits it perfectly, biblically. Yeah, join me tomorrow night. I guess I have something else for you. Verse 12. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service even though I was previously a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor. Yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. Folks, if you've heard my testimony, everything that Paul says of himself was me. I, uh, I went and searched for God. I found religion. I hated it. And I hated anyone who I felt was associated with religion. And I even got violent. Yeah, I, I did. Um, but it was, but, but he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Maybe you can say this too, even though I was previously a blasphemer. Well, that's probably all of us and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. 
among whom I am the foremost. Yet for this reason I found mercy, so that in me, as foremost sinner in Christ, might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Um, I got to say, this also really spoke to me. You know, yesterday I was uh, scrolling through Facebook. And, you know, Facebook's not a, a site that should have bad videos. But a particular video came up and it was alluring. It was certainly not godly. But it captured my attention. There was an alluring nature to it. And I, the video was about three minutes or so. And I watched the whole thing. And when I finished watching it, I felt conviction from the Lord saying, okay, this isn't godly. But you know, the, uh, this, I, I'm confessing to you, it's, it's sad. It really is sad. But I guess then the algorithms said, oh, Jeff likes content like that. And it started showing me more of these types of videos. And I entertained them a little bit. At the end of the day, they were harmless. It wasn't pornographic or anything like that, you know. But it wasn't godly. And before I went to bed last night, I'm thinking... How can I even do my my show tomorrow? How can I even read the word of God? I'm such a hypocrite. I, I, I purposefully allowed myself in an ungodly manner. It was harmless, and yeah, it could have just been my secret. No one would ever know. But it's God's grace and mercy. He came to save sinners. And I have been faithful. And I am worthy of doing this, even though I have sin in my life. And I, and I have more sin than that, folks. <laughs> uh, I am not preaching from a superior place, that is for sure. But I, I say these things to encourage you. I get this all the time. Often, usually before I do a show that has some importance or some significance, where it's going to do some damage to the enemy, man, I get the, the tempter comes into my mind and I, and I get, you know, the unworthiness, like, what the heck are you doing? If God really wanted you to do this, he'd be blessing you much more abundantly. Like, I hear all this stuff constantly. And you probably do too. 
Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. So right after saying what a bad sinner he is, Paul, he turns to worship and see how it changes the entire flavor of it. When you're feeling that way, just put your hands up in the air and worship God or get down on your knees and worship God. Even if it's just for a moment, it will snap you out of it. You see, the enemy's power is so diminutive compared to God's. It's not even on the measuring scale. And that's not to say that the enemy isn't powerful. Satan is very powerful. And Jesus even called him a god, the god of this world. Satan is very, very powerful. Jesus did not disrespect that. He knows. He made him. But there is no comparison. But us in our earthly shells, we have the ability to ask God. That's it. We can't command Satan. He'll laugh at you. We can ask the Lord. So again, that's this doctrine that have snuck in to the church. It's uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I've been pouring into the scriptures pretty good. This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight, keeping the faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected. Actually, let me just stop at verse 18. In accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, Boy, there's a lot of prophecies these days, isn't there? <laughs> prophecies are just thrown around, you know. Hey, I'm at a conference. I got to have a new prophecy. God will be there. And most likely it has something to do with you tithing to me. <laughs> you know, that's the way it's working these days, folks. But I think what's important here, because this is really a letter, a pastoral type of letter. It's instruction to a leader of a church. And you are a leader of a church, whether you recognize it or not. You are a leader of a church. Um, it's the way people are selected. So many churches these days will have committees. Will Okay, well, we need a new pastor. Let's vote him in. That's not how God does it. God will tell you who was meant to be there. And I've seen this. I, I, I've seen in a church where one of the elders orchestrated himself to become the pastor. And, and he's not a bad man. Um, you know, I think he wanted the pay raise probably. Uh, and he believes in God. He's a solid faith. I'm not saying anything, but it, it's just, 
the fact I saw it and it was obvious what he was doing. Not many people in the congregation saw that. They went along because people like to follow. And I was about to raise my voice, I remember at the time. And God just reminded me. He says, people want a king. I'll give them a king. And <laughs> oh boy, that's exactly what, and that's exactly what they got was a king, not a pastor. But he does, uh, he does have good theology and is a good Bible teacher. Uh, so everyone has their shortcomings. Just closing it out, keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. You've rejected their faith. They walk away from it. It's too hard. The world will hate you. It is hard. Um, it's easier to follow along with what society is doing. I get it. But look what Paul's saying. You'll suffer shipwreck of your faith. A shipwreck is a is a, a boat that doesn't float anymore. It's scattered into pieces. It's useless, right? It's no good. And you sink. You don't want to sink down to the depths. The last, what an interesting way to close a chapter, verse 20. Among these are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I've handed over to Satan, so they will be taught not to blaspheme. Um, so I'm not going to get into the two people because they will come up later on uh, in the scriptures and we'll cover them then. But isn't it interesting that Paul says, whom I have handed over to Satan. This has troubled me before, not just before today. Um, when I read this previously, this is uh, something that really stuck out well Paul doesn't have the authority to hand someone over to Satan and I I think and I I want to be really clear I think I don't know I think what he is saying here is Paul removed his covering because Everyone in ministry needs a covering. We need some accountability. We need someone that, that has authority over us, like Paul was to Timothy. So if Paul was to say, Timothy, you're no longer in the church, you're out of the ministry, he'd be casting him out to Satan because he's out there without a covering. And we all need a covering. So that's what I think is what it means. So um, again, watch Telegram and Twitter, wherever you follow um, for the announcements, most likely a watch party tomorrow. It could be life-changing. It's I'm just going to repurpose something, but wow, wow, wow. Um, 
Tuesday, continuing on uh, from the message on Friday. If you didn't hear Friday's message on Podbean, I think it's worthwhile. And it'll make a lot more sense on Tuesday, uh, which will be explosive in my opinion. And then Thursday, that great guest. And Friday, who knows? I think I might have Tom back on. i got to talk to him. I miss that guy when I don't have him on. He's <laughs> he's wild. Uh, anyways. Oh, sorry. One last thing. Please uh, pray for... Chris Eric's baby Trump. He uh, has been diagnosed with a, a cancer in the throat and in the head area. And um, I'm believing that he's going to miraculously overcome this and it will set up his testimony for years. And I believe he'll be faithful in giving that testimony. But please do uh, keep Chris Eric's uh, baby Trump in your prayers during this time. It, it's serious, folks. I, I If it was just a, a little thing, it I wouldn't be bringing it up, but it's, it's quite serious. So thank you all for being here. May God richly bless you. And again, if you're able to support uh, myself in this channel and our work, I would uh, greatly appreciate it if God puts it on your heart. Thank you for being here. Uh, love and peace to each and every one of you. Remember, love your God. Love your neighbor. Sorry, love your family. Love your neighbor as yourself. And make a difference in your community.